Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, where Pastor Dontel Halls is our senior pastor. I'm your host, Bill Riley. Today's Sunday School title is A Light for the Gentiles. Our scripture text is found in Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 10 and verse 22. Our golden text is found in verse 6, which says, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Isaiah 49, 6. Before Olympics began this summer, there is a torch relay. A torch is carried from person to person. It will travel from Greece to the site of the Olympics in Tokyo, Japan. Then the torch lights a huge cauldron. It will be seen on TV all over the world. What does a torch do? It gives light. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the light. When he lived on earth, Jesus mostly shared his light with the Jewish people. He died and rose. Then he told his followers to share this light with Gentiles or people who were not Jews. We are Jesus followers. It is our job to share his light with friends, families, and neighbors. Missionaries have spread his light around the world. Our lesson outline is found in three parts. The Messiah as the servant of the Lord, the Messiah as the savior of all people, the Messiah as bringing of peace. Verse one of chapter 49. Listen, O owls, unto me and hearken, you people from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother have he made mention of my name. The first point that I want to bring out in verse one, I'll just go verse by verse to pull out some interesting um, themes that are in the verse or theology that we can find. It says he's called. The Messiah is called. In Luke chapter one, verses 30 says, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father's David. And verse 33 says, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So in verse 1 and 2, it describes the Messiah, but also it describes this servant. Also in verse 1, it says, not only is it talking about the Messiah and when he was called, it also talks about his message. In verse 2, it says, and he have made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadows of his hand have he hid me and made me a polished shaft in his quiver have he hid me the messiah message is described in verse 2 as a sharp sword 
In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, the joint and marrow, even the intent of the heart. Yeah, I think I got that scripture right. If not, charge it to my head, not to my heart. Here it is, the Messiah's message is a sharp sword. Basically talking about the word, the word of God. In verse 3, it says, And said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Well, in verse 3, it talks about his mission. His mission is to glorify the Father. In John chapter 17, chapter 17, 1, describes what Jesus in his priestly prayer. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. It says, These things Jesus spake, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify thy Son, that the Son may glorify thee, even as thou gave of him authority over all mankind to all whom thou have given him, he may give eternal life. Hmm, what a comparison. And here in Isaiah chapter 49, Isaiah is basically speaking about Israel and Israel's purpose and God's plan, but Israel failed to complete God's purpose. And so the Messiah comes to fulfill what Israel had failed to do. And verse four says, Then I said, I labored in vain, I have spent my strength for naught, and in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, my work with my God. I'll say that again. Then I said, I have labored in vain, I have spent my strength for naught, and in vain, yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. Uh, interesting enough, um, God is, is speaking and the second um, second voice was actually speaking of himself, um, about himself, but he's speaking to the Messiah and the Messiah's purpose. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but let me just try to explain it to you again. God is saying through the Messiah, the things in which he had failed to do and in verse four, what are some of the things that he failed to do? He failed to do what all the prophets did in the Old Testament and even to even to this day. And basically, he's speaking from a humanistic perspective that all his efforts and all his motivations that he had expired to do to him, it seemed like a failure um, to him as a man. It seemed like he failed. As a man, he sacrificed all his time, efforts, and even himself, uh, uh, even himself, he sacrificed. He became the propitiation. He he was the, the offering, the sacrifice, which to most people seemed like he had failed his mission. But as God, he was the savior. But as God, he rose again from the grave. 
the nation of Israel had been called to reflect God's glory, being unsuccessful, Christ fulfilled that role. And as a servant of the Lord, there are times in our lives as ministers, we we feel we feel like we have failed on our efforts. And what I mean by that is that we preach to our family and it seemed like it fall on deaf ear. We preach every week and it seems like no one is enthusiastic about the Lord. Um, we demonstrate uh, our lifestyles to those who are unbelievers and it just seems like we're the one that are corny and out of tune and out of touch with life and reality. Although called before his earthly existence, committed to the work God set before him, rejected by his own people, his ministry would reach beyond the nation of Israel. The Lord is committed to the promise to redeem Jacob. Israel would suffer the consequences, captivity, of rejecting God. The eternal deliverance of Israel will be a great accomplishment. Let's look at verse five. And now said of the Lord Yahweh that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. A surprising plan. The servant of the Lord again asserts his confidence that although the people of Israel are not responding to his ministry, he will still receive glory and strength from God. We should bear in mind here that the historical context of Isaiah's day, Isaiah had been warning of judgment and exile to come, first to the northern kingdom of Israel and then later to Judah at the hands of the Babylonian. The servant's restoration of Israel and light to the nation, in spite of what appears to be a fruitlessness, the servant informs the entire world that he has faith in the mission he has been prepared for from birth. Through, G through God's strength and faithfulness, the despised servant is encouraged as he embraces the task of bringing a globally impact of salvation to the Jews and also Gentiles as an agent of salvation. The, ser the servant will usher in the inheritance of God's people. Much like the Exodus took Israel from bondage to joy-fulfilled freedom, Zion is assured that the restoration comes because of an unfailing love of God. Let me bring you up to verse 6. And verse 6 says, And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribe of Jacob and to restore the preserve of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Verse 6 kind of sums up what this lesson is all about. A light to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Anyone that are not uh, born and raised in the family of the Jewish culture. But to us as believers, anyone who are unsaved, I would try to sum up this lesson in a practical term in three words I want to I want to draw out to you. Call, rejected and light. Call, rejected and light. I want to compare a few things 
in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says that we are called. Ephesians 4, 1 says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient for bearing one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace. Like the Messiah, like Israel, and like the church, we are called to service, to service God and to bring him glory. Let me read you something from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Here's what Paul wrote also. He says, and working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no cause for offense in anything in order that the ministry be not discredited, but in everything commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in affliction, in hardship, in distress, in beatings, in imprisonment, and in tumults, in labors, and in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in gentle and genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report, good report, regard as deceivers, yet true, as unknown, yet unknown, as dying yet behold, we live as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making rich, and having nothing yet possessing all things. Wow, Paul kind of sums it up there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 through 10 and what our ministry is called to do. Just like Christ as the Messiah, just like the prophets of old, just like um, pastors, preachers of this this age, sometimes it's not pretty, but is but is effective because of God's love. And that's a reason to rejoice is because to be a tool in God's hands, although you call to a calling, although you may be rejected, the end results is that we bring light to those that are in darkness. And finally, the light. What is this light? This light could be considered as a revelation, but in verse verses 6 of Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, is talking about daylight. It's talking about bringing light, shedding light. Um, that's who we are. Um, Jesus is the light of the world. Our children in the choir sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine because that light brings um, brings light to the darkness. And because of that light, most people will get to see or understand or get the revelation of who God is. Wow. Awesome. So recap the Messiah as the servant of the Lord. The Messiah as the savior of all people. The Messiah as the bringer of peace. Practical point number one. 
We are created by God for a specific purpose. Practical point two, we cannot avoid God's call on our lives. Three, our main purpose is to glorify the Lord. Four, every child of God is called to bear witness to who to who he is and to bring salvation to those who do not know him. That's it. That's all I have for you today. I'm sure I can go a little further, but I want to keep it under 20 minutes. Thank you. God bless you. May this uh, word um, illuminate where you are in your life and to bring, um, bring you encouragement for the future. God bless you.